Do you know why this is interesting? You tell me. Because on our second date, you showed me this framework. Because Classic second date. Just like classic second date. Let me just like draw you this quadrant. Like as if, like, of course, you're like, I know what this girl wants. She definitely likes to see frameworks. Okay. And you... Hey, did it work? Well, here we are. Talking, talking, talking. Oh my God, it's still light out. Wow. Summertime. When was the last time that it was light out when we started recording? Uh, never, because we recorded the first few episodes in the dark of the winter and then didn't record for a year and then started recording again. So this will be the first time that we record while there's daylight outside. That's not true. That's not true. Last summer, like the end of last summer, like September, when oh, we were yeah. like doing like the Maddie party because... That around that time, I think we may have seen some daylight. That's true. We did and a couple page, episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's been a while. It's been a hot minute, a cold minute. It's been a freezing minute and a dark and cold time, a dark and cold time in between, and endless winter. Um, <clears throat> thanks for uh, thanks for bringing me Subway today. I appreciate that. You're welcome. You got my order completely correct. Yeah. Um. And that's the sign that you really know somebody because, mm. because my favorite part was that you just called and said, Hey, do you want Subway? And I said, yes. And you said, great. See you soon. And that is love. <laughs> that's love because I didn't, I mean, the last thing I wanted to do, cause I was in the middle of something. The last thing that I wanted to do was say, okay, I want peppers, cucumbers, spinach and it just would have been like, like this is you might as well have just gone and gotten it yeah, yourself yeah. at that point yeah. the amount of time that it would have taken your thumbs to do that you could have just gone and got subway like this is me getting subway this for myself at this getting point sub- this is what i would do with that person but the only difference is that i'm not actually getting it and you're not wearing one of those little hats without the top <laughs> on it is it a visor oh yeah. i had one of those i had one of those i think the most famous person that wears a visor is uh bubba watson he's a golfer oh, okay and everybody else either wears a hat or nothing but he's like i can't choose no i don't want to make that choice i am a moderate in the hat world and sometimes you do have to pick a side because the the only reason no i mean why would you pick a visor is because you like your hair nothing. you like your hair nothing but you problem, like nothing the problem is <laughs> But even by wearing a visor, it ruins your hair. And Bubba Watson has terrible hair. So it's like the visor or before the visor, pre-visor, pre-visor, post-visor. And and so it's like, at what point did he look at that and be like, yeah, that's the solution to my problem? Because we're all thinking, dude, get new hair or get a new hat. Get a more fulsome hat is my recommendation. If you don't have great hair, just bigger, more hat, more hat. Just cover everything. Well, you always choose bigger and more hat. I like hats. I love hats. You were wearing a pretty big hat yesterday. So big uh, that I did for a minute wonder where in the world Carmen Sandiego is. I have. I don't. I mean, I can't confirm because she is an international woman of mystery. Um, but she was probably nearby. Sometimes you dress as if you're like the, the, uh, the decoy. 
for Carmen Sandiego. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like if the if the police are ever just randomly chasing you, do not be alarmed. Mm-mm. They're looking for Carmen. They're looking for someone else. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, hats are hats are good. And I mean, well, so and now a hat with a mask is like intense. It's like a very very covered up scenario i actually have found that uh when i put on the mask i take off the sunglasses and when i put on the sunglasses i take off the mask because otherwise too much of your face is covered yeah it's like what am i going to space (laughs) i could snorkel in this i mean to be fair your beard almost negates the need for a mask at all at this point if i wear sunglasses a mask and a beard and a hat there's no way to prove my identity. No. Or even species. <laughs> Who is that? They're trying to do like facial recognition from some kind of like, I don't know, security camera. They're like, we on it. I mean, really? Really? No. No idea. Well, here's the trick though, is I feel like, okay, so I've got one of the newer Apple iPhones and they actually have face recognition technology. Yes. Yes. And so when you first get it, you do this thing <laughs> that's kind of like a weird first date. <laughs> We're just like dancing around it, like trying to like show off your good angles and then like, but show us your bad angles. Yeah. They're like, show us from down below. You're like, nobody will ever see me like this. It's like, but we want to, cause we're Apple. (laughs) We want all of you. We need to see your chin, sir. (laughs) All of them. We need all of your chins. (laughs) And then over time, my physical features have changed slightly. Like I've got a really big kind of like a a beard that would uh, not only stop and turn has maybe at a bar, hopefully, but definitely at an airport. <laughs> and and I wonder how my face recognition technology has kind of kept up. Oh, it's not adaptive, I don't think. I don't think it learns. It's not AI. I don't know. I wonder about that. I think that it probably scans you every day and is like, oof, bad sleep last night. And <laughs> but like, we'll remember that <laughs> yeah. when you try to use your credit card later. Like if you're tired, we'll Bags know. under your eyes. And uh, and I'm okay with that because I would just like to see, I would like to see the actual screen like printed out Ooh. on like eight by 11 paper mm-hmm. of all of the face scans that it's done for like the last year. Oh, that's so bad. It would be so not, I'm not saying you, I'm yeah, saying like, thanks. I'm thinking about what mine would wow. be and I'm just like, so you have Shuttering. the same phone? It does the same thing? Mine does the same thing. The problem with masks now is that the times that I need it to come up, if you know, when you're paying for a credit card and you like double click the side of your phone so that you can tap to pay through Apple Pay, um, because we have to wear a mask inside everywhere that I would be buying something with a credit card, you have to wait for it to like not recognize your face because you're wearing a mask and then type in your passcode. This is like the most first world problem that's ever happened, but okay. it is really... It is really time consuming at the time. And someone's like behind you in line. You're like, sorry, I'm trying to tap. But like, it doesn't know my face. I think I'm wearing a mask. No, no, no. And they're like, what? We can't hear you. You're wearing a mask. You need to just take (sighs) off the mask. Let it scan your face because you owe it to Apple to give them that information. And then put your mask back on or fucking don't. Whatever. But I always like take my mask off. I scan my face. I put the mask on. I put the phone in my pocket. And I paid for something. And it took me no time. And I would like to posit a potential bet that nobody has died as the result of me doing that. I wonder. I Okay, so here's the thing. I wonder. I wonder if you've I killed mean people with you your can, face. That's not what I meant by I wonder. What I meant by I wonder is, is what is more offensive, the fact that I'm taking off my mask to scan my face 
or the fact that if I don't, it takes several extra seconds and I'm delaying the person behind me. What are they more mad about? Mask off or delayed waiting for passcode question? Not sure. Can't win. We'd love to run a survey. Yeah. What is more annoying? I mean, Rock, you, hard place. You know where I stand for sure. I know where you stand. Yeah. Time is everything. Time is the only <laughs> thing we have. And yet I would like to, I would like to unfold that a little bit because I was thinking about time for this how morning. Long? Well, that's the trick is I'm not sure anymore. <laughs> Uh, but I woke up today and I decided not to go to work or do anything productive. So I, I literally just like listened to podcasts, made breakfast and was hanging out in a robe until one thirty in the afternoon. Sounds glorious. Oh, it was fantastic. Great Thursday. Um, but I started thinking about time, uh, and I realized, and hear me out because I would like, I would like your perspective on this a little bit. First and foremost, time is effectively a construct. I learned this recently. Mm-hmm. Time mm-hmm. is effectively a construct created by humans, not to measure time. Time doesn't exist. Time is our framework for measuring change, change yeah. around us. Yeah. Change happens and we need some way to account for it. Days go by, hours go by, seasons change. Beards grow. We get old. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was thinking about, okay, well, if time isn't real and it's just a way to measure change and we only have the perception to measure specific kinds of change, then in reality, change is happening infinitely in everything, all the time. Everything is changing. Nothing is permanent. That's like, we kind of know that. Like, that's not that much of a stretch. However, then when you take it one step further and you think, okay, well then a lifetime isn't like a lifetime. It's just a life, Mm -hmm. not time. And we talk about lifetimes in order and like, oh, you know, the average life expectancies of a, of a human in Alberta is 81 years old. So that's a lifetime. That doesn't mean anything because it's really, it's just life. There is no time. And so then it's just life. And then you start thinking about the idea of reincarnation and multiple lives, which is now, okay, we're getting into a bit of a stretch, but okay. bear with me. Okay. It's something that people like to think about. I and love this. And there's actually stories of people who remember their past lives. There's a Netflix series on this. It's very fascinating. So let's just say for a minute that reincarnation exists and that time is a construct. And therefore, there's no reason to believe that our life and our consciousness, the way that we feel is somehow independent of a reincarnated version of ourselves existing simultaneously because change is infinite And therefore, it's just complete static and you can't say before or after. And also life then extends beyond the confines of what we call time, meaning that not only am I existing now, I have a brother and he is also the dog that died, could be the dog that died uh, when I was 12. And also that dog barked at a mailman, which could also be me. Mm. And you realize that you are actually completely connected to every other life force on the planet simultaneously because there's actually nothing that makes more sense than that when you realize that the assumptions and the foundations for our human existence are completely fabricated only for our own understanding and not for any philosophical truth. Did I lose you? No, no, no. I'm with you. I lost me. I don't know. You lost you? Does that make sense? Which lifetime did you lose you in? I'm still here. This one. Yeah, yeah. Now. Which means... Also never. Not sure. Always. Infinite. Um, There's... (laughs) So everything that you've just said to me is like the... Is sort of the reason that I just sort of think of... Like that's really hard, right? That's really hard to stay at that level of 
conception in the way that you view like you can't stay there for very long otherwise your brain implodes and you like have an existential crisis it's hard uh but not while you're folding laundry at noon on a thursday somehow that felt like the easiest possible conclusion it's like a very meditative state i understand that it's like a very meditative state to be in when these kinds of things come i often yeah like crazy big ideas happen like when i'm walking or when i'm running it's like something like very repetitive and monotonous that showers brings the best shower thoughts there's a reason for that um but that everything is just sort of different uh i don't know frequencies or levels of energy because really you don't exist, right? Like you don't exist. You are just made of atoms, which are just made of charges. Like that's, that is, that's crazy. So not only I time mean, so doesn't exist, say, though, right? but we, we don't matter know doesn't sure. exist. Yeah. We don't know for sure the time does. I mean, you know, it's like it's nobody knows anything for all sure. Of all of it is made up because it's just enough for us to sort of be able to comprehend what's going on. Um, I don't know. I simplify it down to like, we're all made of stardust and that makes me feel very good. So that's... That's, that's where I distill all of that universe into like, oh, this nice little cozy fact. Um, and I just like tuck it in my pocket and then I can continue on. Yeah. And you can tuck it in your pocket, but I wonder, I wonder how different a world could be if we just lived it. Like what if everybody was just like, yeah, time is a fucking construct. Your emotions do not control you. The boundaries that you place on what, where you end and where the rest of the world begins are completely made up. Like, it could be a pretty fucking cool place. It would take, I mean, that's a lot of mushrooms. That's a lot of mushrooms we have to grow and ingest. a significant amount of psychedelics to get everyone there for sure. We should. And I wonder what, I mean, I really wonder if, if all of the constructs and frameworks that we put around ourselves is to just keep ourselves alive. Because you can imagine that like the function starts to get a little bit lost at some point where you're like, all I am is energy. And it's like, yeah, but you still, you still need to eat something. Like you need, you need to drink water. And you're like, ah, oh, what even I is am water? water? It's just energy. And then you have the people, you end up with the people that are like, I can live on sunlight. That's what happens when you go too far down this rabbit hole. Is Wait, you, can you? No. No, no, you can I cannot. Just, just sunlight? No, you cannot. Do so not try this. Isn't the whole idea that, like, I, I read something on Instagram the other day that it's like, we are just sunlight because all of the food we eat requires sunlight. So it's just like totally. condensed sunlight into a form that works for us because we're all yeah. just energy anyway. But we need to condense it in the way that it gets condensed for our bodies our physical bodies, which like, you know, you can value or not based on this conversation. It's like, well, you know, it's all just little buzzy energy going around anyway. Who cares if we take care of it? But if you want this physical form to survive, that sunlight energy has to go into plants and then has to go into animals, if you so choose, and has to be ingested by us in order to use it. Yes. So I agree that you need, like, we are just a human. I am just me. I know that I'm, I'm a limited organism that has a very minute role on an entire Aww, planet. It's don't okay. Say that. I say You're that, important. I say that with the most love for myself <laughs> that you could possibly imagine. I promise. There's not a confidence <laughs> issue here. I just know that I'm tiny. <laughs> just look up. Just look up and just realize up. how insignificant you are. But also, to acknowledge that everything around you is all connected does not mean that I have to be everything. It's like, I am still just a container of skin in which I need to do things in order to survive. I don't mm -hmm. think that that like violates 
does you know the so-called like circle of life or your understanding no, of how you fit into the world of energy and symbiosis and uh fuck natural selection it doesn't matter but but i think that if we had a little bit of a bigger perception about how uh how tiny humans are and how big the world is and stopped acting like we were outside of it somehow and that everything like it's so obviously connected. If you threw a body in the ocean, Maddie, and I'm not speaking hypothetically, I'm saying if this ever comes up where you have to throw a body in the ocean. A dead body? Yeah, preferably, <laughs> but I don't know. Preferably? It's your it's your choice. It's your boat. I don't know. I'm just saying <laughs> that if you ever throw a body in the ocean, yeah. it's not like that body just disappears. It sinks down and it slowly decomposes and then it feeds a whole bunch of fish and maybe like an octopus and a little bit and it turns into a little bit of like coral eventually and like this shit goes somewhere because we're all made of carbon it's all carbon it's all just the same shit in a different form so it's time to start acting like it and stop thinking that we're somehow above the rest of life and somehow different or unique yeah 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 we're i mean yeah we're all just like we're all just a different form of the same stuff i just think it might send people into a panic to try and think about that all the time certain people that frame of mind can alleviate a lot of suffering subjectively i think it can really enhance your subjective well-being to have that kind of lens or at least a little bit of that kind of lens you don't have to really get to the level of being like we're all just energy because i don't know if our brains can really fully just get there all the time but to understand that like you are small and there is there's magic and 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 space that we can't even begin to understand around us it makes the small things that bother us, that bog us down, that we get sad and angry and fearful about, it makes those things feel even smaller and more surmountable because it just sort of gives you like a little bit of a bigger picture to be like, wow, everything is amazing. Everything is amazing. And especially my subway especially my subway amazing everything's amazing you're like everything that had to happen to be here like what are the chances amazing everything is a miracle so i want to say one more thing on this and i'm going to contrast it with a different situation that makes it really hard to reconcile the two and i think it's going to illustrate your point okay number one the observation that i have on this if reincarnation exists and if we been humans or other organisms in the past. I am willing to bet this life, my life, this life that Your current Josh life. Yeah. You know, it's pretty insignificant if we can keep coming back. So whatever. Uh, but I, I'm willing to bet that you and I have had past life experiences together. And also more importantly that I think we will have other life experiences together in the future. And it literally could be that I am the ant that you stepped on at the beach just to see what would happen. Or it could be that we were two dolphins like dancing in the sunset, like a fucking Tahiti. I don't care. The point is I've known you for a long time and I can't wait for, for the next life. And I think I will literally say something like this again in that next life, even if it sounds more like a, <laughs> like some sort of dolphin or monkey sound. But yeah, like yeah. I think I think that there's a connection that um, that immediately transcended time and space, 
And I think that we felt that. And I think that when we, when we all experience those, because it happens all the time to all of us with multiple different people. But I think that that's like us, uh, experiencing a little piece of us that's in them and them in us because we are all the same life force and being like, yeah, that little piece of me, we, we did some shit like now and also in the future and also in the past, which could be right now because we just don't know. Well, it's not anything. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now to contrast that, um, I was in a car accident this weekend. I know. And this, uh, kid ran a red light, made a left turn, caused a car to swerve and hit me and then that guy that guy who ran the red light kept driving and so we ch- the two off. the two of us like chased him down got out and i was furious i'm like dude you could have killed somebody mm. and i was so angry and he's like i don't even know man i don't know what you're talking about and like i didn't do anything and now he's denying it and it's like becomes this whole insurance thing and i'm also like pissed that he was like doing something so stupid. Like I'm an aggressive driver, but you don't just fucking run a red light. Like there's a line and it's red lights and yeah, playground zones. No, by, by definition, you cannot run red lights. That's You're not what allowed they're to do there that. for. Yeah. And he's an idiot because if anything, he should have been the one who's injured or sustained damage. And I should have been okay. Cause I didn't do fucking anything. I was going 50 for once. I was going the speed limit. I was going through a light and two other people almost crashed and I just braked and swerved to avoid it. And the car swerved into me anyway. Right. It's so like, Right. Fuck man. So I get Not out fair. and I'm pissed and he denies it. I end up talking to the kid's dad a couple days later and the kid's dad's like, well, you can't prove it. So it doesn't count for anything. And Yikes. I'm thinking I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to instill justice into this world with a baseball bat and their taillights. Cause I know their address. Right. And then I'm Just like vigilante justice, 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 despite the justice system. Okay. Yep. Yep, yep, I see this. How do I how do I believe the entire framework that we just spent like 15 minutes unpacking without also being like how do I justify that and also then not be angry about the damage done to my vehicle and the ignorance or the lie of the perpetrators of this crime. Mm. Like, how can I be so macro and everything is connected and loving and also want to beat the shit out of a tiny little piece of it? Oh, because you're a, because you're a human, because all of this miraculous stuff that happened still gave us human brains by whatever. I mean, sorry, everyone. It's like, then we have flaws. Unfortunately, we are so, so subject to our emotions and the things that happen around us. And we have a really difficult time seeing big picture, which is what I was saying. So what, is it a flaw though then? Like if the universe made me this way and I want to go beat this like taillights and like puncture their car tires and maybe leave a threatening note on the doorstep saying I'm connected to mafia organizations that will be watching their every move. Is that just human? That's not, that's not a flaw. That's just, that's just me. That's just the beauty of the, of the universe that made me and the stardust that I am wants to terrorize this person who I think deserves it. Okay. So, so I don't know, maybe, maybe flaw isn't the right word then it's, it's a quirk. Uh, of humanity that we have this thing. Um, so I don't want to put a negative valence on it. Um, I apologize. Uh, it does cause us to act in those ways, um, which many would consider to be 
uh, aggressive or um, violent, um, but not unnatural, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not unnatural as a response. However, lucky you, you have all of this super meta perspective that we just talked about. And so to be able to put your lens on and say, wow, what a small thing when I look up at the night sky. Look at what, what a small, insignificant thing in the grand scheme of the universe. Then you can just merrily roll along and, and be completely fine and not frustrated anymore. I was thinking that in order to bridge this gap, I would print out uh, one of the poems that I wrote. Uh, and, and it goes like this. How many suns exploded over billions of years to make all the atoms that finally have joined together only once to make you. And I'm going to print this out. I'm going to frame it. I'm going to beat the shit out of their car and then leave it on the hood and demand that they, that they hang it in their house and we'll call it even. Okay. Or, or I'll just live out this fantasy in my mind and then move on. Which will give you almost as much satisfaction because our minds are very powerful. So you might get just as much solace in that little daydream as you do, uh, as you would by doing something really um, unnecessarily aggressive um, and illegal also. So I think there's a path here for you. Well, I'm at the beginning of it and we'll see where it ends. We'll save your soul one day. It's your soul too. Well, yeah, because yeah, exactly. I would like to save it. I would like to save our soul. It's going to be a team effort. I promise you I can't do this alone. <laughs> I'm okay. Here we All right. Okay. All right. So anyways, we were going to talk about something today. Would you like to talk about it? Yeah, I'd like to talk about it. Okay. Um, I'd like to talk about the thing that we're going to talk about. But that was, that was great. Speaking of like who we are as people and how different we are as people, even if we're made of all of the same atoms and energy. So one thing that you and I have bonded over is the desire for frameworks that give meaning to our experience. Mm. Not that frameworks are quintessentially flawless and, and not that they really summarize the entire human experience, but having general frameworks of, of, of understanding definitely gives you an ability to engage with life in a more meaningful way when you start. I mean, we all build them in our mind. We're all just trying to create a framework of understanding for our own experience, right? Yeah, it helps us to make sense of what's happening around us. And it helps us to recognize patterns so that we can do things more efficiently too. So that it doesn't, we don't have to analyze every single thing. We can sort of understand that some things are like some other things and that really helps us because otherwise we'd be very exhausted you're right because if without a framework of some kind then you're constantly starting from scratch being like i don't get it every time every single right. thing you're learning from zero so and we don't have time so frameworks are then inevitable mm -hmm. the goal of frameworks is going to be for mutual understanding and connection so let me let me describe a situation for you there's like the classic situation where three or four people are getting together. It's like a group project at school or it's like a, you know, a work activity or it's just you're like your family mm -hmm. and you're trying to accomplish something together. And it could be anything from like a report that's due by the end of semester to trying to plan a trip together to go to Hawaii, right? Playing tug of war. 
How many? What? What is that? <laughs> no. Playing tug of war? It just feels like a team activity that everybody needs to be on the same page. Nobody does that anymore. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Sometimes we try and do things and we're all trying to move in the same direction. We're trying to get the same goal with good intentions, kind of like this conversation, uh, but it's not landing. Uh, and so sometimes you're in this, whether it's group projects, work, your family, you're in a situation where the more than one person, more than one person is trying to solve a problem or achieve a goal that requires two things. Number one, communication. Mm-hmm. Number two, coordination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could also call it discussion and delegation. Everybody's everybody's pulling the same direction, you might say. I don't like this metaphor, and I would like to get off of it because life is more complex than pulling on a rope. I'm just trying to start simple. But go on. Any situation where there's an organization of people and priorities, mm-hmm. you're going to run into a multitude of different approaches to solve that in terms of what the goal is and how we should all interact with each other. Everyone's kind of experienced this. So what would be really nice is if we had like a simple framework of understanding to help with that cooperation, help with that communication, and then like value the unique perspectives of the people that you're working and collaborating with to all achieve a goal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It really helps us to understand other people when we're trying to do stuff with them because Otherwise, we're just looking at our own lens being like, you crazy person. Why aren't you just like me? Right. Yeah. And actually, you say you say it like they're the crazy person because they're not doing it just like you. But in reality, if we think that they should do that, we are the crazy person. Anytime we make the assumptions that somebody else should be thinking the same way that we do, has the same priorities, the same values. We're crazy. We're crazy. Yeah, And they're, th- and they're sitting there thinking the same thing. So then you're in this crazy situation where two people are sitting there arguing about which metaphor to use. Mm. And it's like, I thought we were trying to achieve the same goal, but suddenly there's a massive conflict and we don't understand what went wrong. Yeah. Can you relate? Yeah. Uh huh. I have definitely experienced this. So I have a solution and it's very simple and I'd like to describe it for you. And I think that it, I said in a previous episode that, um, I have replaced like half of my university degree with one book called Sapiens. Yeah. I think that this framework is probably replaces the other half half. of my, yeah. (laughs) Okay. So one framework plus one, Ooh, one framework plus one book equals one bachelor's degree. If that, I would, I mean, imagine how cheap a university degree would be. So easy. One weekend. Yeah, one afternoon. Okay, Let's be clear, though. As far as university goes, just to, like, clear this up, university is not about the actual knowledge taught. It's about the context. It's about the life experience. It's about living it out day after day, learning to meet deadlines, the life skills, the social skills, the sense of empowerment, the new opportunities. It has very little to do with what's in the textbooks and what you actually memorize for a test. Agree? I think so. I think, I mean, it's, it's it's about learning to learn. It's about opening up different perspectives it's not about like tangible skills at least not like most universities if you're doing like trade school or you're doing something much more applied and practical different story then it's actually like you can take those skills and directly apply them out in the world which so like that has a lot of benefits both both have massive amounts of benefits because i think the ability to think (laughs) and uh 
And even, even things like doing research or critical thinking and like that is what university at its best gives you. So here's the framework that I want to unpack today. Okay. It's called, it's called the four birds. Hmm. And I learned about this through a uh, business development, like sales, cold calling kind of textbook uh, when I first started in commercial real estate. Uh, and the book was written by a guy named Gary Waldron. We're going to post on our Instagram a picture of the chart that I'm about to describe, but I want you to imagine an x-axis and a y-axis that create a cross. So now you've got four quadrants. You with me so far? These are my favorite. I love frameworks. It's a big T and it makes four spaces. And so what we're going to do is we're going to label the x-axis and the y-axis. To be clear, an x-axis is the one that's horizontal and the y-axis is the one that's vertical. And to be clear, the horizontal one is the one that looks like the horizon and the vertical one is the one that looks like... Oh, I don't know. We lost it. It's okay. It's the other one. We got the one that's laying down and the one that's standing up. Okay, so the one that's laying down, we're going to start with that one. Okay. And on the, the far left side of this axis... Yep. We're going to call that relationships. Relationships. Okay. Which really means that this is the X axis is the, is the value axis. So we're looking at, does somebody value relationships or, and on the other side of it, the right side of it, mm -hmm. we call it results. Yeah. Now this is not binary. You're not choosing one or the other. We're all a mixture of one or the other, but we can generally look back at our own lives and we can know that we have favored when it comes down to it. Are we willing to sacrifice relationships for what we call truth for what we call truth? Are we willing to get angry at somebody because they did not meet a deadline or do we actually favor the relationship we have and understand that the results or the outcomes or the goals themselves matter less, matter less yeah. than yeah, protecting, yeah. Yeah, protecting what the connection that we have. For sure. Okay. So we've got relationships to results, but you will fall somewhere along that spectrum. You probably wouldn't find too many people at the extreme extremes of that, just like any other trait. On the y-axis. Which is the vertical one. The standing up. Okay. So if on the bottom of it, if it's standing up, then this is like the ankles. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. Okay. No, <laughs> you had a weird thing about ankles that I still... really, really don't like. There are worse parts of the human body than the ankles. I honestly, I don't know. It's knees or ankles. Okay. We'll call this the toes. So this is the toes. At the toes, toes okay? Acceptable. <laughs> Great. At the toes, we have... Big picture. Okay. Like big picture. Like we're thinking like generics, right? Like we're thinking about like wow. vision. So like high level, but it's at the bottom. Yes. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't All worry right. about that. Stop. You're already proving that you're on the other end of the spectrum because the other side of it is detail. <laughs> so you're either detail oriented or you are big picture oriented. Okay. Okay. So now you've got yourself a quadrant. And if you're drawing this out as you go, Hey, Find a pen, find some paper, draw this out as we go, because we're going to fill it in. So you make a cross, and on the left side, you've got relationships. On the right side, you've got results. On the top, you've got detail. On the bottom, you have big picture. Okay? You with me? I am with you. So now what we've done is we've, we've given two different parameters that if you can answer the question, here's the question that you're asking every time you meet somebody, or even on yourself, is this person more interested in big picture versus detail? 
does this person value relationships or do they lean more towards valuing the results? And so each quadrant now represents kind of the epitome of the combination of those two spectrums. Yeah, yeah. Are yep. you with me? Yeah, yeah, totally. It makes four square spaces and then to what degree you find any person They'll either be closer to the middle of it, they'll be closer to the outside of it in one of these sort of spectrums. And it will tell you something about the way that they show up in the world, how they show up to people, and how they deliver things. Perfect. So let's start with the quadrant where you have detail-oriented mm-hmm. and result-driven. Okay. Okay. So that would be top right. We're going to describe what that looks like. So basically, you've got somebody who's detail-oriented and results-driven. If this person knows that's what they're good at, or even if they don't, often they end up in jobs that require you to be detail-oriented and results-driven. And a lot of these jobs can look like anything to do with finance, right? So a lot of people that get their like CFA might be very detail-oriented because you have Hmm. to be. You also have to be results-driven. Architects, engineers, anybody who's thinking about numbers, tiny specifics and Data, also yeah. there's not a lot of room for debate it's like you're either right or you're wrong sciences like the hard sciences the difficult sciences yes yeah <laughs> yes the challenging sciences yeah those social sciences those are a little softer those we are a little don't softer. okay the so we're gonna label that quadrant it's called the owls owls detail oriented result driven these are the people that are very articulate. They're very, they're very specific and things need to be right. And if they're not right, they will be sure to tell you because that is the most important thing to strive towards is correctness. Cool. Cool. Okay. Now let's drop down. So we say, okay, we've got the, we got detail oriented and results driven. Now let's say that you're big picture, but results driven. Right. Yes. Okay. So probably these- flies very high, probably like a very high in the sky type of bird did we mention that this is called the four birds you did a flying hybrid now we've got a situation where they demand results but don't want to get burdened by the details oh i love this is so ceo this is like i don't care how it gets done get it done don't bore me I don't want any more PowerPoint slides. I don't want any more. I don't want to look at the Excel thing. I don't want to look at the details. Get it done. Show me that it got done. Okay. But I want to stress right now that when we talk about this, there's no judgment because we need people who focus on big picture. We also need people that understand detail. And there shouldn't, there should not be a hierarchy on that basis alone. Mm -mm. So it's not like we have, you know, it is going to be CEOs. It's going to be a lot of visionary people. It's going to be people with like big ideas, but either they don't have the understanding of how to accomplish all of the little details. Or they just can't be fucked to do or it. They, or they just don't have the patience for it. Yeah. And that is an actual weakness. So all of these have strengths. All of these have weaknesses. But imagine somebody has to, somebody has to say, hey, let's fly a rocket to the moon. And I don't then, care how we do it. I don't act. Let's just go. I don't they know anything point. about fuel. They're like, I want to go there. See that? Let's go there. Let's go see the man Love up this. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I wonder if we it's made of cheese. All of this. All of this is important. But then you definitely need somebody who's actually going to be like, well, sir. <laughs> um, uh, gravity. Uh, we've got uh, gravity? Rocket fuel. We got like, you know, we need food. We need to figure out how to dehydrate it uh, because that seems relevant. Um, so then you've got big picture people who want things to be accomplished. They will step on people in a sense to get it. 
They don't have to, but they often do. So what you end up seeing is like people that say, hey, I have a goal, I have a dream, I'm looking for the people that also want to accomplish this dream, and that needs to be the most important way for us to get there is to all agree on that goal, and then we'll figure out how to get to yeah. as we go. We'll divvy up the details uh, as, as we see fit. Amazing. Okay, cool. And what kind of what kind of bird is that? It sounds like one that would fly very high in the sky. It's an eagle. <gasps> an eagle. So pump your little pens, click, click, and write down eagle bottom in the bottom. Right, bottom right corner. Okay, bottom perfect. Right corner. Check. So then we're going to move over to the other side. And now you got to remember that the big difference between this right side of the graph and the left side of the graph is that we're still dealing with the same top and bottom, but we're dealing with relationships. And relationships are super important. Everybody who doesn't think that relationships are important to accomplishing goals is completely fucking blind to the importance of people and how people are trying to accomplish something. And if you don't have the people on your side in the sense of connection and trust and understanding and communication, then you will not get where you're trying to go. You hear? Yeah, I'm here. Great. Yeah. So now we've got relationships is, is the left... left and on the bottoms, so we're just going around clockwise because that's how we do it. We have big picture, but relationship oriented. Have you ever met somebody that cannot be fussed with the details, but, they, but they're also driven by making sure that everybody feels like they're on the same page and connected and excited about what they're working on? They're just like, I'm not really sure about all of the nuance of this, but how is everyone feeling? Are we all, are we all doing well? Is everyone just, is everyone good? Is everyone feeling great out is there? Is everyone having a good time? Is everyone just having a good time? How do we feel? There's usually one in like every office. There's usually one in every group project. They're often very good presenters, right? Mm -hmm. uh, they're very good like uh, culture spokespeople. They're good cheerleaders. They're good for morale. They're good storytellers. They're like, we can do this. Yeah, it's inspiring because we can. their goal is to connect with people, but on a large scale, big picture. Yep. So they're thinking about how do we get 10 people, 1,000 people, 1,500, an entire nation? How do we get them motivated in the same direction, have a sense of unity? These people are super important. They're not going to get into the details of a relationship one-on-one. -on -one. So these people might be more comfortable in front of 7,000 people on a stage instead of on a one-on-one -on -one conversation, but they love seeing people connect, get enthusiastic. They're community builders. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. What kind of bird is that? Land? These are the peacocks. They're, sh oh. they're showing off. They're just having a good time. They're, they're party animals. Peacocks are big picture. Yeah. Because they've got big feathers. <clears throat> That's it. Big feathers. Big feathers, big ideas, but the big ideas have more to do with pulling people together than actually accomplishing anything. Sure. Okay? Sure. Last quadrant. We're still far left. We're still focused on relationships, but now we're also thinking about... Details, 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 details. Details, details, details. And so these are people that tend to be very one-on-one, -on -one, uh, intense conversations. They remember your birthday... They think about things like gifts. They think about um, service, uh, about one-on-one -on -one connections. They're thinking about what it means to be a human and you're being a human and to make sure that we have consensus, to make sure that we have alignment, agreement, peace. This is very much like a service and peace-oriented quadrant where the focus is on building quality relationships on a, on a small, 
important detailed level. Again, so critical. A lot of people that fall into this quadrant as you start mapping out where people go, these tend to be uh, like um, nurses, teachers, psychologists, mm -hmm. uh, anybody who is really, really focused on the day-to-day experience of human connection and creates a very safe space for others to open up and become themselves. It sounds like if you were at a party that the peacock is making sure that like, is everyone having a good time? And the, and, and this individual and remind me what, what, what's the bird of this one? This one's called the dove. This is the dove. The dove is in the corner connecting with maybe one or two people and having like a really engaged, important conversation and connecting with them. They might even be like in tears having like a bonding moment. Like, That's no, bro, I love you. Like, it's, it's like, yeah, it's like this super, super close connection off mm. on a corner of the couch by the fireplace. It's so nice to think about these things in a framework of a party because we just, it's been so long since we've been able to have one. Yeah. I look forward to meeting doves and peacocks at the next party. Totally. And like, and owls and eagles too. So then what you've got is you've got four quadrants. You've got the owl, the eagle the peacock and the dove. And what you're trying to do is understand how people in your life, where they fall on this. And again, it's not going to fall on one axis or the other. They're going to fall into a quadrant, but loosely like a kind of a bubble. And it might overlap. This bubble might overlap a little bit from peacock to eagle. And they could be more eagle at work and more peacock at a party. They could be more dove and eagle where they're definitely results driven all the time. But sometimes they have the ability to focus on detail. Mm -hmm. What comes to mind when I think about this is whether or not the way that you show up is somewhat universal. So somewhat sticky where no matter where you are, you tend to be a dove or no matter where you are, you tend to be an owl or alternatively, do you tend to be a bit of a peacock at work, but in your personal life, you're more of a dove that, that to me is really interesting whether or not like, cause I, I can just imagine at least for me, there have certainly been arenas of my life that I show up in one way or another, at least before it occurs to me that there are certain arenas of your life that you might show up differently as different birds, but also over time, if you might shift from one bird to another, that you might become more relationship oriented or more detail oriented or something like that. So I think from my experience and kind of watching the evolution of people over the last, you know, half decade of learning this framework, I've noticed that as people get older, they tend to not move from one to the other, but soften into the middle. Mm. So the goal, when if you are an extreme eagle, then you have no tolerance for anybody that disagrees with you because you're only trying to accomplish a goal and you don't want to get bogged down with the details of trying to convince them. So your weakness as an eagle becomes extreme impatience. As you get older, don't make that face. I know I'm, I know I'm impatient. I know I'm impatient. And I think that there's value in that because if you're impatient, you're also very driven. You're very principled. You're very uh, efficient. Mm -hmm. Anybody who is impatient will also be efficient. That's the beauty of it. Totally. So instead of calling it a weakness, which is fair, I'm just going to refer to them as traits. Ooh, no, no, no. Yeah. Let's never call things weaknesses and strengths. They are only traits. So remembering that in certain situations, your trait will serve you very well. Mm. And in 
other situations, that same trait will fall short of where you could have shown up better. That is not a weakness so much as it is just understanding that the way, the traits that you bring to the table aren't going to work in every situation. Yeah, so, yeah. That's just life. As you get older, instead of moving from, let's say, all the way from results-oriented to relationship-oriented, what ends up happening is you kind of, your goal might be to kind of move, gravitate towards the middle and understand the value of results and relationships, of details and big picture, so that your little bubble of where your general characteristics fall into becomes this little nice circular piece at the middle. Now, that's not going to happen for everybody. No, I don't know. Certainly not. You're going to have people that are just going to be eagles forever intense. But I think well, I think lots of people will kind of soften from their most extreme traits over time. But is that the goal? Because it would be nice to be this like perfectly balanced little bird. I don't know what we would even call it. That one like right in the middle of the T. I don't even know what kind of bird that would be. I don't know anything about birds and I'm not awfully fond of birds in general, but I'm, you know, willing to do this as a, you know, mental exercise. But I don't know that the goal would be to be so middle ground moderate on all of these fronts, because as we've talked about, those traits that fall outside of that are really useful. And actually, if you can get them all in harmony on a team, for example, then you've got a little bit of everything and you've sort of satisfied all of these different pockets of need to get stuff done and to keep everybody together in doing so. So I, so I wonder if it's less about, you know, moderating fully to get, to get sort of this really nice balance of all these things as any individual, but instead to just recognize in others and in yourself where you fall and then how to find harmony and understanding between yourself and others. Because if I know that you have certain traits and I have certain traits, then I'm going to know what the like motivation or reasoning is behind the actions that you take. And I won't take them personally or be like, that's totally out to lunch. He doesn't have my lens. Then I understand kind of where you're coming from. Right. So now we have two possible ways forward. The first one is for you to understand that the if you're really far on one end of the spectrum, that you're missing out on some of the value of other ways of thinking. And you might choose, okay, I need to learn about being more results driven and focus less on what people think about me. Because I'm not getting anything done. (laughs) Because you're not getting anything done. (laughs) And you're always at the mercy of other people who are more results driven and they're dictating the the terms of your life. Or you might say, oh man, like I'm always so lost in the details. If I could just like chill on that instead of being so OCD and back up and say, okay, like what's the big picture? What am I trying to work towards? This is, I mean, there's entire personal development courses about trying to be like more, okay, well, what am I looking for in my life? Because sometimes we get too lost in the details and too lost in uh, the results that we think we want. And then we're missing out on the family connections and the relationships that we could have had. So it's like, there is a definitely a role for a level of self-awareness and personal growth of trying to move towards the middle of that bubble. What's that? The point of origin? Yeah. Is that where the two axes? Zero, zero. Zero, zero. 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 So there's that, there's that case to be made. And the flip side could be, like you said, understanding where you are, understanding where you fall on this chart, and then partnering with people that balance out your strengths and weaknesses. But the trick is to do that without thinking that your way is the best way and understanding that there are ideals 
embodied in all four of these quadrants. And if you could have a team of four that all have equal say in a decision, then the result that you collectively yield will be a stronger, more balanced approach than any one of those people could have done on their By own. By themselves. Absolutely. Totally. Okay. All right. So those are our four birds. To basically give some context to this, I learned this as the result of a business development course about like cold calling because when you talk on the phone with somebody, you need to be able to figure out whether they're an eagle, a dove, a bird, or a peacock within 10 seconds. And if you can do that, then you actually change the type of language and priorities you use on the phone call in order to speak to them in the language that they want to be understood. So if, if I get on the phone and it's with a CFO and he's like, hello. Is that how CFOs that's how CFOs sound? Because humans are inconvenient to numbers. It's grumpy CFOs. Grumpy CFOs. And so I then learned that I need to talk in detail about what real estate is all about in specifics so that they can understand that I'm thinking about things the way that they would think about things and focus on the results of saving money or better cash flows, whatever, so that they're thinking, yeah, this guy gets me. And in the same day, I can have a conversation with a peacock like literally kitty corner. What do you call that? Like opposite on the quadrant Mm -hmm. and talk about culture and vision and, uh, HR policies and how new space would bring new life to their company. And then that North stars and that peacock would be like, this is amazing. Like this is what I've been looking for. And I can literally get them both to buy the same thing with two completely different rhetorics about it. And neither of them are false, but they speak to the two different people so that they both resonate with what the actual solution could be. It's about understanding what their why is. What is your why? What resonates with you? What is important to you? And so it's just highlighting those attributes of whatever it is. And it doesn't need to be, you know, sales is a really, really great framework to use this in. Um, But you can use this all over the place doesn't have to be selling anybody anything. Anytime you're problem solving, anytime that you realize that there's a gap in the assumptions that you made about a situation and somebody else made different assumptions, there's that's the perfect opportunity for you to say, okay, did I make an assumption about results or relationships? Did I make an assumption about the level of detail that's required or the big picture? So with that in mind... Okay, so uh, you have any hypotheses about uh, what you are and what I am? I think we should... I'm Surely you can test this. Surely there are tests for this. I think there is a test online if, if you want to look it up, but I can, I can already answer the test for you almost certainly. Oh, really? Well, let's do this experiment then. You just tell me which birdie I am and then we'll find out. Okay. Or do you want to like write it down so that we yeah. know that no one's cheating? No, I'm not. A, I'm not a cheater. I'm just going to, I'm going to speak. It's trust. recorded. <laughs> this is written down with ones and zeros on our computer. I'm <laughs> reading it with my ears. Um, one of the reasons that you and I connect, I mean, from the, from the minute we met, we actually proved our strength and our ability to conversate in all four quadrants. So mm. this isn't a situation where you're going to be really extreme in one place and I'm going to be extreme in the other. We know that one-on-one relationships are important. We know that results are integral to us feeling like we've accomplished something that we want to. We know that details matter and we know that big picture is critical if you're going to feel a little level of satisfaction. The question is, if you were to draw a little bubble 
that encapsulates yourself mm-hmm. and I was to draw a little bubble that encapsulates yourself, <laughs> would those match? Right. Because I know that we already have the ability to operate in all four quadrants and that is part of why we appreciate each other. So I know that you gravitate more towards, um, to, to more detail than I do. Mm. And I know that out of the two of us in our, okay, so before we get into that, there's one other thing. Okay. I will change how I operate in my bubble on the basis of who I'm in a project with. Absolutely. And you will do the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you're more detail-oriented, then I will become more big picture and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So the way that our bubbles would show up in the context of, I don't know, running this podcast, you are for sure the more owl, right? Detail-oriented, results-driven. And I am for sure more in the world of like a peacock, big picture, thinking about how people are going to react and like the kind of the vibe of it. But then on the flip side... I also do all of the editing and you do also do all of the marketing. Mm -hmm. So it's this weird situation where you and I probably like some sort of like inception of skills just (laughs) keep, keep counterbalancing each other. Just this teeter totter. Just like like two planets rotating around the sun (laughs) on perfect opposites. Just being like, yep, 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 yep. Oh, you got that? Okay, well, then I got this. Oh, I got this? Well, then you got that. Which is is honestly what makes a great team because then we understand that all four of those quadrants are super important. Yeah. So who am I at work, like normally in my own life? I am very much an eagle peacock. I'm not interested in the details. I'm not interested in the, the particulars. I'm good at it because I have to be, but that is not what I thrive at. That is not my that is not my favorite flow to be in. Yeah, I totally agree. And and you're you've been in the same situation. Like when you're doing a lot of pitches, you're thinking big picture, you're thinking vision, but then you're actually demonstrating the importance of detail but in your pitch. Totally, totally. I will tell you how important details are so that you can go and execute them. Cause it just same as you. I can do it, but it doesn't speak to my soul. I don't get like jazzed about it. Okay. So to simplify this down, because obviously there's nuance, obviously there's a much larger discussion that we could always have about this, but I would say that generally I fall in the quadrant of Eagle. Okay. Okay. And generally you fall in the quadrant of Eagle. You think? I do think so. You think there's just a couple Eagles. But I think that I'm a little bit closer to the peacock edge of the eagle and you're a little closer to the owl part of the eagle. Interesting. Do you know why this is interesting? You tell me. Because on our second date, you showed me this framework. Because Classic second date. Just like classic second date. Let me just like draw you this quadrant. Like as if, like, of course you're like, I know what this girl wants. She definitely likes to see frameworks. Okay. And you. Hey, did it work? Well, here we are. Uh, (laughs) So you had me pegged as a dove. Yes. So this is, this is kind of why I say like what happens over time where you think you're one thing. And then maybe later or something else. So that I, 
there's two parts to that. One is how you've actually changed, and the other is my perception of you and the way that our relationship has changed so that I see a different side of you. Oh my gosh. So the first one, you have changed because you have become more driven, more ambitious. You're focused more on building a company. You have specific goals that you want to achieve, and you've also gotten a lot more, uh, like, dominant and alpha about going forward to get those results and shedding the opinions of people that don't count. Like I've seen that and Mm. I look at that as growth and I could paint it as, well, you've sacrificed people that were important to you. Like, yeah, you could frame it both ways, but no matter what, I see it as growth that you have moved towards a place where you feel more in control of your life, more powerful in your own right. And you have specific things that you're trying to achieve. I love that. The second one is my perception of you and I have like, and and how kind of we show up to each other, which is what my perception is based on and, and realizing that we connect most over building things together. Most like we, we love the idea of coming up with an idea and then doing it. Mm -hmm. And when we feel aligned on the result that we're trying to achieve, then we feel more connected. Yeah. yeah. We connect far more over results than we do over just the concept of a relationship. I Mm. think. Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. The nice thing is regardless of the actual framework, now that you have it, it gives a language and a structure to be able to talk about these things that otherwise might've been missing or ambiguous. Yeah, even if you don't have birds, even if you don't have birds, even if you just think about details and big picture and relationships and results, like even if you can just think about those four things, I think that's really important. I think it's really big. All right, do you want to want to test this hypothesis? Yep. So you said owl, yeah? Eagle. Eagle, eagle. Oh, right, just a couple eagles. Perfect, okay, okay. So there's a test... Uh, that you can take online. Yeah. If you go to richardstep.com or just search the word dope test. Which is not just because it's cool, it's because it spells dove, owl, peacock, and eagle. That's right. It's an acronym. <laughs> an acronym is actually an acronym for... No. Uh-uh. Uh, uh, crazy. Uh, nope. 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 Okay. Nope. Dope. So search it, Richard Step. Richard Step, dope test. Go try it. Let's see where you fall. Okay, so Maddie, okay. you just did it. I did. Did I you do it? I just did it. Yeah, Kate. I just did too. Um, so the hypothesis was that we were just a couple of eagles. A couple of eagles. Okay. But that you uh, might gravitate a little bit more towards owl and I would gravitate a little bit more towards peacock. Okay. Okay. And? Go ahead. What'd you find? I'm a peacock. It says you're the peacock. You love talking. Being the <laughs> you love talking, being the center of attention, have a wealth of passion, are highly enthusiastic, and are generally optimistic. That, like, yes, yeah. to all of those things. Yeah. Okay. So that's interesting. And I think this is, this is actually going to turn out to be really like perfect example of how subjective this can be mm. and the importance of remembering subjectivity uh, because... I was basically, I was a 50, 50 between Eagle and Peacock. How'd you get 50, 50? It's like, well, it's like, it, it tells you at the bottom. It tells you the percentages. <gasps> oh, neat. I didn't even see that part. Okay. Okay. 
so I was kind of on the cusp of Eagle and Peacock, which is right where I expected to be. But so then what ends up happening is if you're a Peacock and I'm an Eagle Peacock, then we kind of like zoom in and also knowing that we have mul- multiple capabilities in and of itself and that one of us has to step up for some level of detail in certain things and a sense of like results driven, goal oriented, detail oriented, you have the ability to gravitate there quicker probably because of like what you do for a living mm. and and I'm just a little bit lazier to get in that direction. <laughs> so you take over that. And you give me a little bit more space to become a little bit more of the eagle and the peacock. So it's like, although you take the test and I take the test and they, and they give like some understanding of, of those results, when you get into a dynamic with another person, it's so important to understand even the perceptions that we have of each other and the strengths that we see in the other person and recognize those for what they are and also recognize our weak spots, which it sounds like detail orientedness is not really a thing that either of us want to be doing here. Yeah, yeah. Nobody wants to. I mean, I, I guess there are people. There are people in the world that love that, and I love that for them because someone has to love doing like the detailed work. And so you me, do like, the detailed work of the social media. I yeah. do the detailed work of the editing. Yeah. And we've always looked at that as like fair, fair trade off. Yeah, yeah, it's like all right. But we both know that neither of those things are what we're here for. No, we're here to talk. So if anybody wants to come forward and do all of our social media <laughs> and, and all our editing, and our editing yeah. with our big picture yeah. approval, great. Uh, that would be fantastic. Also, if you could source the wine on the way, we're open to it. What a sell. What a sell. Yes. And did we mention it's an unpaid internship? <laughs> it's a volunteer position. The benefits are great. The pay is terrible. The benefits being... You hang out with us at least a couple hours a week. Amazing. Yeah. Cool. Cool framework. Yeah. I love like I love personality tests and I love seeing how different frameworks interact with each other. So I will say that I generally despise personality tests because Mm. I think that they only tell you things that you already kind of knew. Like they, it's like, Oh, are you, uh, are you an adventure seeker? Oh, then it puts you in like the red category and you're like, what's the red category? And it's like, you like adventure. Do you know why we like these things? Do you want to, do you want to know why we like taking these tests is because we like to feel seen. And so if we aren't always readily understood by everyone around us, it gives us some immediate feedback of being like, okay, I do know who I am. I feel seen by this test. It's like, oh yeah, I do love attention and talking. It's like, perfect. I feel seen. All I would stress is that the value of the test has a lot to do with being able to take tiny little traits and extrapolate them into larger trends. So for example, the five love languages, if the test just asked you, would you rather receive a gift or would you rather have a hug? And then you answer, I would rather have a hug. And then it says, oh, your love language is touch. Like at some point you could have figured that out on your own. What's important is giving you the framework to understand the different ways that you can show up. And then you're able to say, okay, I'm probably generally Mm -hmm. here. And also that's not a strength or a weakness. That's just one way that we can show up in the world. And then we can value the other fields of experience that we don't identify with personally. It's less about knowing exactly what you are and more about knowing what all of the other things that you either aren't or could be, or other people are 
that makes the most impact. So it's not actually about, I had this experience with actually with a, with a project with a client where we were setting up sort of an analysis of how do people have a relationship with their money? How do people interact with their money? And it had people across these five different spectrums, spectra, five different spectra. Oh, so sciencey and so hot. And, and what, and what was clear in speaking to the people that were taking the test is that even though it would cut back on the length of the report, if we only showed them what their results were immediately, the first question, if you do that is, Oh, well, what's the other one? What do the other ones mean? What, what are other people like? So we have this curiosity, not only to understand ourselves, but to understand other people and to understand how that interacts in the world around us. So that's what I found really interesting. So I had, yeah, that's a really like interesting example that I had happen in life. So yeah, when you're, if you're in a leadership position at a company or you aspire to be one day, then it's important to start surrounding yourself with people that balance out all of these different quadrants, right? Like, you're going to meet people that drive you fucking crazy because they're only focused on how other people think. And you need to know that if you're going to run a successful company, that's actually important. Mm -hmm. And you know that you don't really care about that as much as somebody else, but you need to care about the fact that somebody else cares about that and value that perspective or else you're going to run yourself into the ground, focus on results without caring about, about the people mm. and vice versa. You can't just care about people and making sure everyone's happy. At some point, you got to get some shit done. Nobody's going to get anything done. So build yourself a team. If you got a team before, build yourself a team where there's somebody from every quadrant or at least all of you collectively respect the value of each quadrant and consider the perspective that that quadrant would have. And I guarantee you, that's a Josh Monerica guarantee. Okay. That you will run into far less interpersonal issues, far less delegation issues, and you will be able to more efficiently connect with people and solve problems and have achievements on that basis. Okay. I'm going to push back on this. No, yeah, I, I guaranteed know, it. I know you did the judgment error card guarantee, and I'm not trying to take the wind out of those sails. However, <laughs> I... I'm unconvinced that there isn't a risk to if you diversify in that equal proportion that there wouldn't be struggles between those different personality types in getting something done. I'm not saying that there's not struggles. You think that the ultimate outcome will be better, but I think it requires that those people actually all understand each other. That's what I'm saying. You all do this test. You all understand the priorities and the outcomes that you're trying to achieve. And then you respect the value of all of those. Take them into consideration. It, I'm not saying it's Okay, easier. you can't just like build a team of the four birds and be like, it's going to be great. It's no. like all of them also have to understand of all the four birds. Okay, do. okay. Yeah. Okay. There's how would like, you, there's how like would you build a team? Hurdle. How would you build a team of these four <laughs> well, birds without understanding well, what they are? Like put them together. It's like a teacher being like, all right, you four go together and like figure this out. That has never worked. No, totally. What does work is that if you are building a team and you understand the value of all of the different perspectives and objectives, then that can translate into a more successful outcome, albeit still with a high level of effort because it requires so much empathy and self-awareness. I'm not saying that it's easier. I'm saying that 
it will be more rewarding and productive yeah. and lead to a more holistic outcome where more people are attracted to the solution that you guys are creating. I w- yeah. That, and that's, and that's and what that I wonder. Josh okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's what I wonder though. Here's what I wonder is if you could actually test that. That's all that I want to know is that because I guarantee oh, you could go. do this, yeah. you could well, go and do could. this and you could see what the most effective teams are. Who's on them? Because there is, there is something to be said for, we like people, People like us and those teams tend to do well, but also very diverse thought and opinions also do very well in different ways. So I would, I think that would be a really interesting way to frame some kind of, I don't know, analysis or experiment. Be like, what are the most effective teams made up of? Bunch of doves, bunch of eagles, or are they like a very well diversified team? To that end, if you have a management team or you run a company and you're listening to this podcast and you're interested in having a, a consultation with Josh and Maddie <laughs> to employ this framework to better understand how your company works, where your blind spots are, whose voices aren't being heard, and you want to explore what this could what this could do to improve the the culture or the results of your company, uh, we are we are completely down and we will do it for uh, the low cost of at least seven bottles of wine. That sounds fair. That's way below the day rate that I would charge somebody to do this work. Oh yeah, I'm, uh, this is just to see if somebody responds to that with Can seven bottles of wine. Oh, that'd be so fun. It'd be so fun, and then we would turn it into a podcast episode as a follow up a year from now, and and we'll see. It'd be great. But seriously, great. like I got to be honest, Maddie. Like we're doing this podcast because when I learned this immediately I realized it was one of the most important things I had ever learned. And every single person I've met up until today, I apply this framework to, to make sure that I am connecting with them in a way that is more meaningful to them in order to achieve the same outcomes that they would have had otherwise. But now we both feel understood. Yeah. Yeah. And there's something that when you, when you know it and when you've kind of practiced that or you just have sort of a perception and sensitivity about how people show up, it almost happens more automatically over time where then you don't have to think like, is this person results oriented? You're just, you sort of know how to show up collaboratively with them. You kind of like get a vibe about people without having to be so regimented, but that's like through practice Ultimately, your goal is to learn like four languages to the point of fluency. Mm-hmm, exactly. Really. Like you want, yeah. even if you know that you identify like one is your primary language, learn how to speak the language of results. Learn how to speak the language of big picture. Learn how owls think, doves think, <laughs> peacocks think. There are other birds. I can't remember the fourth bird. This is because I'm not a detail guy. This is why I rely on people that think about details a little bit more than I do. I know the value of them. I know there's four birds and I only Eagle named Dove, three. Owl, Peacock. Yeah. And one of those I didn't name and I already can't tell you which one I forgot. Me neither. Because we do not do details over on All Talk and No Trousers. Somebody save us. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Maddie. This is really great. Yeah. And uh, I love your mind and I love the way that it works. And uh, I... I just wish that one of us could, you know, pick up some slack. Yeah. 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 For sure. And, um, yeah, let's just like, well, just like fly away. Uh, but oh, you know, not me. Cause I'm a peacock. Do they even fly? No peacocks don't fly, but I'm just going to waddle off, but you look good, but I'm going to look good. Doing you're going to look good doing <laughs> it. If you can't fly, you're going to be real hot life of the party over here. All right. I'll take it. Yeah, I think so. It could be. That's a sound that all birds make. Yeah. It's the only bird sound I know. Uh, well, all right. 
All right, well, we're going to leave this one for the birds. We'll catch you guys later. Thank you.